Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Get More Students podcast. I'm your co-host, Alex Asher, CEO of LearnCube. Now, today we're going to be replaying a very timely but important episode, episode 33, which was on how to create an effective marketing strategy for language and tutoring businesses. Now, we're covering this ground again because it's the start of the year and feels like the right timing to relook at what you're really doing for the year ahead. Uh, this is going to cover particularly understanding who your, your audience is, um, what your goals are, and what you think the most important things you can do to achieve those goals are. So really understanding your priorities. And we're going to be kicking off with Herbert talking about some of the red flags in a marketing strategy to see some of the common pitfalls, and then we're going to be looking at how we can develop a really effective strategy for your 2023. What are the kind of some red flags that maybe somebody hasn't figured out what their marketing strategy is yet? Uh, definitely one of them is not having a, a defined audience. Um, I know the temptation for you know, a lot of quite broad tutoring and, and language schools are to target everyone who needs any type of uh, language skill or um, needs to improve their language abilities. Uh, which means the whole world is your audience, but uh, that is quite difficult to do as an independent tutor or language school. So really knowing who your niche audience is, why they mm -hmm. are learning um, the subject or the language, that's yeah. definitely one of the red flags. And and also the, I would say the, the sales funnel, but, but oftentimes it is the website uh, and mm -hmm. it's just not user-friendly it's not attractive mm -hmm. enough it doesn't lead the prospect or visitors to take that next action so um yeah those are probably the two major uh things that um need improving i guess that makes sense because you would always try and prepare for a you know a conversation and and this is exactly what customers will do well they're going to check your website one way or another sooner rather than later, and if your website is not communicating what you do very well, then that also mm. might give you an indication that your marketing strategy is maybe not quite clear enough. Mm. So we're going to talk about this, but let's start off with the first kind of idea, which is you know, what should a marketing strategy do? For me, a marketing strategy should outline the things that are important and also should give you some kind of milestones to be able to achieve that kind of direction. There's usually no end end goal with marketing. Like there's always more customers that you could go for. Theoretically, there's always more revenue you could go for. Um, but directionally, you want to be very clear on which part of the market you're going for. Um, what are kind of the key kind of milestones or, or uh, parts of your journey that you're going to have to pass in order to get there? And being very clear on what the path is going to look like. Is it going to be, you know, if we were taking a metaphor, you know, is it uh, through different, you know, is it in the back country on the trails or are you going to take the, the highway? Um, and the highway could be with lots of competition, uh, whereas the trails might be with no competition. So there's definitely no right or wrong answers, but having a clear understanding of what's important. Herbert, what, what came to mind for you? Yeah, I would definitely say... Uh... I mean, for us, you know, uh, work, working with clients, we need a strategy as well, a paid ad strategy, uh, which is part of the marketing strategy, right? And so we have an end goal um, or at least some 
kind of range of, of what we want to achieve, whether that be X number of students, uh, X amount of revenue uh, per month, and then we kind of work, work back from that, um, and which will determine you know, how, how much do we need to spend on ads? What platforms do we use? What target audiences are we, are we going to um, target? And so that, that for me is at least, uh, you know, the, the journey and those, those milestones that we need to take um, to get to that end goal. And you could definitely extrapolate that to your whole marketing strategy of um, what is your end goal? Usually, that will probably be some monetary uh, goal or uh, a number of students. And then looking back, uh, going back at the steps you need to take in order to achieve um, the, the number of visitors or the number of leads you will need in order to achieve that. Great. I think we're going to go into this uh, in a bit more detail as yes. we go on. Um, but really, that marketing strategy is about your map for the future. So mm. we're going to talk through that. Um, now, this is something that both Herbert and I felt very strongly about is this is the place to start, uh, mm. which is who is your customer and being incredibly clear on who that ideal target customer is. Because depending on what the answer is will determine your entire marketing strategy. So there's, you kind of don't go past this, uh, this single step. And I think it goes back to what you were saying before, Herbert. You were saying that a lot of, uh, of your clients, and I know that we hear it as well at LearnCube when people say, "Hey, look, I'm, I've got this this great you know online language school, or this online tutoring business," and we both ask the same question, which is, "Great, you know, who do you look after?" And then we often hear a very similar answer, which makes us question how quickly this person can grow because mm. they say something like, "We're going after everyone." Um, you know, if it's a language school, we sometimes hear, "You know, we provide general English." And we are mm. looking for anyone online that is willing to do in uh, general English with us. Yeah. Uh, often we hear kind of really large ge geographies like, oh, we're doing it online. So anyone in the world could be our customer. So we hear sometimes like a very gen general, very large kind of part of the market, plus a very large um, in, uh you kind of without much definition in the the regions or geographies that you might be targeting, which is going to come again up to play with when you're doing your your different channels. Like knowing where people live is a very important part of that uh, that strategy process. Exactly, and I I'll have to say that the the best clients in terms of the the performance of the the ad campaigns are from those who know their audience inside mm. and out and have it very well defined because, you know, as you said, it, it really defines your whole marketing strategy and the language that you use in your, on your website, in your promotional materials. And, you know, if that doesn't resonate with a particular set of people and it just appeals to everyone, then, you know, it appeals to no one basically. Very good. So um, we've talked about knowing this, um, but if you don't know who your target market is, and again, I think we've heard this a number of times, Herbert, which is, ah, oh, we've got such a mix of customers. It'll be so hard to tell you who our, cus our mm. customer is because we have all of these different ones. Sure. And 
we kind of went through a bit of a process of like, well, that's true, but maybe can you kind of figure out where the majority of those customers are coming from and then go after mm -hmm. that as the majority? Or can mm -hmm. you go after the ones that you really love working with and you know you can do a better job than anyone, in which case, again, that's probably a good place to start. Um, we had some sort of ideas of where people might start. And again, this applies both to language and Turing is you know, what, are the, what are the ages of your customer base? It's totally different marketing strategies, visual assets in terms of your images, videos, everything, depending on the mm. age, as an example. Are you going after young kids? Are you going after teenagers? Are you going after post high school and kind of university kids or, or students? Are you going after adult learners? Are you going after professional learners? Uh, that are much older, maybe you're going after elderly customers. All yes. of those will have a, an entirely different website and entirely different marketing strategy, right? Exactly. Um, and of course, then there are other um, themes like income. You know, are you are you targeting are, are your courses premium courses where you're targeting the top five percent, um, and that will determine how you. Uh, uh, create your website and the language that you use, or um, are you, uh, you know, targeting business professionals? Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess uh, another good point is is the problems that they are experiencing, Alex. Yeah, so that could be uh, you know a, a, a number of different ways that we could go about this. But let's say that the problem is. Let's start off with maybe some of the frustrations that they might be facing. You know, dyslexia is one example of if there are kind of there are there are a really large group of people in the world that are suffering from dyslexia, and if you kind of combine some of these different elements together, plus you're solving this particular problem of let's say learning English or or even say another subject, but with people that have dyslexia, you know, you've got something that is unique, something that helps define you and and sets you apart. But there might be other kind of problems like maybe maybe like the problems that they want to solve. So again, coming to professionals might be the answer there. Mm. Uh, if they're a professional, maybe their big problem is presentations. Maybe it's speaking in front of a crowd. These are all different unique niches that can really help you find your place in the market because it's it can get crowded. And so you want to be able to have your pedestal and talk to your talk to your fan base. Great. Uh, of course, there are different subjects that you could kind of go after. There are different geographies that you can go after. And I think those two are obviously pretty pretty easy for people to figure out. And mm. mostly people have that down. I think geography is one that people probably overestimate how big that geography can or should be. Yes. Um, <laughs> Especially with schools that have got, gone online in, in the last uh, two yeah. years. Uh, the, the thinking is always, oh, now that we're online, we can cater to everyone who wants to learn Spanish, Italian, English. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, the opportunity is there to expand your market, uh, mm -hmm. but you've got to be aware that uh, there are other players in other markets uh, that you have to now compete with, so m more potential customers, but more competitors as well. That's it. And, and finally, there are also like cultural uh, differences that, that you could really play on. You know, like if you know that you, you know, maybe you've got like a cultural affinity with Latinos or maybe Eastern Europeans, whatever that may be, that could be your kind of differentiator as well, because you could speak their language 
or at least you can speak the the words that are important to them. You understand their frustrations much better than anybody else. The images that you use can really kind of go after that particular cultural demographic um, rather than, again, if you're a, a large business, you can't afford to go that niche. And so your mm. website needs to look as broad as possible. And that gives other smaller customers a, a big kind of edge into uh, a particular niche market. I actually uh, saw an independent teacher the other day uh, and their website, and they uh, have a pronunciation course uh, mm -hmm. specifically for Spanish speakers, uh, which I think is a great, a great little niche, big niche. Say, <laughs> really. Yeah. I actually met another customer that was doing pronunciation for, I think, Arab speakers. Perfect. Love so it. both of those were good examples of what we're kind of mm. talking about here, which is a combination, right? So it's not just yeah. uh, what's the problem that they had. The problem that mm -hmm. they had was maybe not being understood. Maybe mm. going one step deeper, it could be not being understood at work. So again, your images, you can imagine your marketing strategy is quite different. You know, you're using people that are in a professional context rather than, say, pronunciation to try and get into a university or whatever it might be you know, all of the exactly the marketing assets and the language that you use could be quite different so that's just uh where you can start if you want to start unpeeling that onion which i <laughs> really encourage you to do and one other kind of piece of advice i have is to not freak out that by saying you're only going to do one that you can never expand into others mm. it's just that it's difficult to do more than one at the, at the same time so kind of thinking maybe about them sequentially and allowing yourself to be sequential with it starting off what is the the biggest niche that i can offer my service to that i would love to to serve as well because uh, i think without enjoying that particular market again it will show in your marketing eventually and people start losing that interest i agree so we can also talk about what they care about in the language that you use. And that's, again, why knowing who you're looking after is so important as part of your marketing strategy. Now, again, if you're an established business, you may feel that you've got all this down. Mm. No problem. Maybe use this as an opportunity for you just to kind of checklist this out. Like, yeah, I do know this. And I actually know that these are the problems that my customers still face. And I'm using this language to show that I clearly understand them better than anyone else in the market. Um, and I was going to give you some examples of this, but if you are um, dealing with, say, young, young kids, you know, safety and being a safe learning environment is probably going to be a lot more important than, say, professionals that may even have their, uh, their learning paid for by their, by, their, by their company. You know, safety is not kind of as a big issue, but then it might be data. You know, data protection might be a bigger yeah. issue for a, for a larger company. Mm. Um, affordability might be really important for those that are going after a more disadvantaged group of, of people, but they love, you know, working with that group. So affordability could be the kind of language that you're using, and that's going to be an important indicator of, um, you know, your marketing strategy, class size, you know, the expertise that you have, the subjects you are providing. You know, what are they? What is what does your customer care about? Do they care if it's online or offline? Uh, it'll make a big difference to some people. It may not make that much difference at all to others. And of course, language. So these are just ideas. And I, I really hope that those listening are, are just going to kind of, again, check out that you know your audience inside and out. 
Um, and now with all of that kind of background, <laughs> it sounds like a lot, but again, everything's so much easier now that you've, you've figured out what, who your customer is and what they care about, is what is your, you know, thinking about that endpoint, I think, Herbert, you had that, um, that idea as well, that visual of kind of like, where are, where are you going? You do, you do need a goal in order to, to figure out what the strategy is to get there, right? Definitely. And I, I guess the, the most simple way of uh, determining that goal um, usually is either a, a, a monthly revenue goal or annual revenue goal or the number of customers or students you would like to have uh, on a recurring basis. That's it. Uh, and it can be as simple as that. You might have your own ideas of whatever that goal is. Like maybe you want to, uh, maybe you're more established and you're like, I really want to break into a particular market and have X percent of my business sure. come from a particular market. But mm. generally when you're starting, it's going to be, you know, customer revenue is, is usually a good place to start. Mm -hmm. Next, you'll be wanting to think about how are you going to achieve it? So you've got <laughs> where you are now. <laughs> and where you're going to be we'll talk about where you are now a little bit later because i think we'll kind of focus on the future and then work back to where you are and then again what's the strategy to do it's trying to find that that map between those two different points hmm. uh, when we were talking about why don't you take us through the thoughts we had around the important you know the ways we we're going to, we were talking about metrics really weren't we herbert yeah numbers numbers are your friend um i know a, a lot of people don't like these numbers and and don't know their numbers but these are really going to assist you in uh mapping out the path to your goals so i we can work backwards um again so i guess the one to really keep in mind is the the customer lifetime value and and how you can extend that and increase that especially with customers or students who are already with you, who are um, you know, paying customers, how can you delight them, um, uh, turn them into ambassadors for you so that they stay with you for a longer period? Maybe that uh, is cross-selling or upselling. Um, then going back there, your conversion rate. How many, uh, what's the percentage of people um, who contact you or become a lead and how many of those actually become a paying customer? You know, what are ways to improve that conversion rate? Going back uh, one stage further is how many qualified leads are you getting? Um, and so if you're not getting enough qualified leads to get the number of conversions or number of enrollments or registrations you need, then what else do you need to do? And then looking at visitors. So if you want X number of leads, you will probably need X number of website visitors to turn into those leads. That's it. I mean, again, just going back one step, depending on what your goal is, you can go both from a customer or a revenue perspective, but then it makes it really easy to understand what are the, what are the numbers that have to be true in order to reach that goal. Mm. And I think this is another reason why this is a really helpful way when you're doing your marketing strategies to how do I know if I'm setting uh, good goals? Well, the first way is to work backwards, right? Yeah, so, uh, so knowing your numbers, and and you might need to do some work uh, to determine those numbers. Uh, I know a lot of uh, established businesses that we talk to uh, that, that that don't know their conversion rate or how much a, a 
a customer is worth to them. And it really does pay to um, take the time to find that out, um, to get out those spreadsheets and uh, know uh, what your key metrics are. So when we were talking about metrics as well, we kind of thought that you kind of need to know which numbers to improve first. Mm-hmm. And so we've, we've talked about how many visitors do you need to be able to go to your website as an example, or uh, even if it's a webinar, like how many people need to register in order to mm-hmm. attend in order to get a result. Exactly. Um, now, actually, this is where lifetime value can be a big part, isn't it, Herbert? Because if you have a much bigger customer, then you just you don't need quite as many of them. Exactly. Uh, I mean, that that obviously depends on the price of your offer. Um, you know, if it's if your course or program is worth thousands, uh, then yeah, maybe you don't need to acquire as or sign up as many customers as if uh, your course was maybe fifty or a hundred dollars. So um, it's it's so important to know those numbers, um, how much a customer is worth to you. Uh, you know, if you're a new business, you know, you will need to forecast that. How many months, how many courses will uh, a customer likely stay with us and then work backwards from there? Yeah. So lifetime value, once you know that, you know either your revenue goal because the, the revenue times the customers, um, you're going to then know, okay, how many qualified leads do I need and what's that conversion rate? And then that'll give you the number of qualified leads and then if you kind of multiply that out, how many leads, how many visitors do I need to even get one lead? You multiply mm-hmm. that out and, and that, that'll give you a pretty good indication if your goal is achievable or not. And it'll again, this helps you define, oh, I need to do something really different in order to get this kind of goal. Or exactly. maybe I need to hone in my goal a little bit in order to make this more achievable. Hmm. So we, uh, one of the things you'll then kind of quickly figure out is what are the most important numbers to change first? And again, Herbert, this is your area is data and and knowing these numbers. So why don't you take us through this section? Right. Obviously, you need traffic. You need visitors to to come to your website, uh, which is probably one of the, the biggest issues is that you're not getting enough eyeballs on your, your school, uh, on your school's website. Um, or your tutoring website. And so we will dive uh, more, more into detail about how to do that. And then once you have those visitors, how can you keep them on your website for as long as possible? Um, and that's where the bounce rate comes in. How many, you know, the percentage of people who leave your website after only visiting one page. Um, that's usually what, what the b- bounce rate is. Uh, there are some other variables there, but you really want people to spend as much time as possible uh, reading your offer, uh, wanting to find more information about uh, your products. Then, of course, if they're visitors, you want them to take certain form of action, and you should have a call to action. That could be contact us now, an inquiry form. Maybe it's a level test or book a free trial um, or enroll in a course. Uh, uh, which is um, also part of uh, engagement, um, getting your visitors to engage with you. And of course, the final step is for them to become paying customers and purchase uh, one of your offers or products. And then the um, the stage after that is 
upselling, upgrading, uh, increasing the lifetime value of that customer. And so this is where you'll kind of go through your own numbers and figure out which of these numbers is maybe the, the number one problem. Like is my number one, am I doing a great job at selling? Like maybe three out of, you know, one out of three become, you know, one, one out of three meetings ends in a sale. Like that could be a really great result. But for you to get one of those leads uh, or, you know, those meetings, maybe you need a hundred, maybe you need a thousand visitors. Well, now you've got a bit of an issue because how are you going to get more people in the top of that funnel? So it's trying to look at all of these numbers and then figure out the one that you want to start with that's going to have the biggest impact on your business. Exactly. Uh, you want to identify those holes um, and, and plug in the holes, really. Too right. So that'll uh, have a big impact, again, on what is your marketing strategy because in the end, the marketing strategy is about solving your business problems or your marketing problems. So start where the biggest problem is, but also maybe start where it's the easiest thing to solve. So some things also just may be incredibly difficult to, to, to make a, a big difference. So you might want to start with something slightly easier uh, and maybe not quite as impactful, but it's, you know, it's more realistic for you to do that in the time frame that you have. So we've talked then about the metrics and how you can improve those. And there's so many different ways that you can improve these metrics. So as an example, if you want to get more people uh, to, to uh, take action from your website, your offer may need some work. So maybe you're asking for too much or your offer is like, hey, buy my $10,000 product and you know, you're going to have this amazing success. And maybe everything, is out, maybe everything is perfect on the page about how great your offer is, uh, but maybe it's, it's not right or, or, or it's too much for that particular, you know, for, for the majority of your visitors to accept on their first interaction with you. So you might need to look at your offer and can you find something that's a bit more bite-sized? Can you get them in the door? And then we kind of talked about before this idea of engagement where maybe they need to be educated before they're really going to put mm. down that, that extra money. So you might need to, what's the one thing I can do to get your email address? And that'll maybe give me enough permission to educate you on the problems that you have and the solution that I have. And you're willing to then part with the money uh, for the particular service or product that I'm offering. Fantastic. Yeah, it, it might be a case of introducing an additional step in that sales funnel, especially if you have a high ticket offer. Yeah. Uh, you know, your website might be the issue. Like if you're seeing a really high bounce rate, you know, you'll be looking at, you know, what am I, what am I showing on my website? Mm. Are people getting turned off because it's everywhere? There's no... It's not saying, hey, if you're this kind of customer, you should stay on the website. Maybe it's like, oh, I don't know where I am. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go and try and find something that's talking particularly to my pain. Exactly. Uh, so bounce rates are definitely a, a sign that your website is not doing its job, which is keep people inside uh, your yep. website, your shop. Or maybe you need to test a different uh, channel, a different marketing channel if you're not getting enough visitors to your website. That might uh, be spending more time on Facebook. Uh, it could be uh, building out your Instagram strategy. It could be starting a YouTube channel. It could be posting more on LinkedIn if that is where your niche is spending time online. 
I think one thing we've talked a lot about though, Herbert, is just be a bit careful when you're adding these different channels because you just might not have cracked the channel or you just might need to of double course. down on the channel that's working. Mm. Uh, that mm. might be, again, kind of like what's going to have the biggest impact and be the easiest. It might just be improving your current channel by 30% rather than starting a, yeah. an entirely new channel up from zero. No, I totally agree with that. It, it could be a case of just uh, increasing the output um, of that particular channel. And and we can kind of talk through lots of different ideas. And I think the idea with this is not to get kind of overwhelmed by all the opportunities, mm. but just to know that there is a lot you can do. There's always more that you can you can do and you're going to need to kind of make a call on what seems like the best bang for buck in terms of your time and energy. Because it could also be your campaigns are just not up to scratch yet. So if you're not, actually, you'd be the best person to talk on this, Herbert, with how would you know that your campaigns are maybe the problem area to work on? If you're not, if you're not seeing results from the campaigns, if you're spending money and uh, you're not getting leads or you're not getting enrollments, um, again, you kind of need to uh, analyze what the problem might be could be again it could be the landing page of the website you're you're bringing good traffic in but then just not converting on the on the website it could be that your messaging in in your ads is mismatched with with uh, your offer could be the target audience it could be your creatives to the photos and videos you're using so again i mean we could we could do a whole podcast on on campaign optimization but yeah those those are things to look out for excellent So we wanted just to give you also some ideas of where you might want to think. Um, so we've given you some more generic ideas, but one of the other ways that you can conceptualize where to put your marketing efforts, and again, this is what your strategy doc is doing, is saying, hey, these are the areas that I'm going to invest in. These are the, the points um, that are important. And also these are the metrics and milestones that are going to become important for me to reach this goal. And, and so the way to look at that is maybe the stages that a, mm. a, a buyer is going to have to go through in order to become a, you know, a, a valuable part of your, your overall business. So one of the stages, and I'll go through all of the stages quickly, and then we can kind of look at each one. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you've got an awareness stage. And that's really look where people don't even know about you. Maybe that's the problem is that not enough people know that you even exist. And we can talk about what might you might want to think about in terms of channel or techniques mm. or campaigns, but awareness is the first one. Once people know you, there's an education process of, you call it an engagement process, but you might need to educate them on the problems that they have. Make those problems really top of mind because that's when people will take action and likewise educate them potentially on your solution. So, I mean, we gave an example of a pronunciation um, course or um, even live class uh, for you know, Spanish speakers, I think you gave before Herbert. Yeah. So you might need to educate them on, hey, these are the, you might be f finding these particular pain points that like maybe you're not getting heard at, your, at work and mm -hmm. maybe you deal with a lot of Americans and maybe they are not giving you the, the same level of uh, time to listen to you because you're not being heard or, or understood well enough. You know, you really drilling into all of those pain points. And then at the same time, we're really drilling into, hey, we've got this amazing system that backs up every one of the classes that we offer. 
Um, you're going to have this kind of teacher. We've got this kind of methodology. You should know about this methodology because it's quite unique and here's why. And that takes a lot more time than just, hey, click an ad and boom, I'm going to pay you and money. Buy. Mm. Yeah. And, that, and that could, yeah. Mm. yeah, sorry. <laughs> and so that's when you also might include things like, you know, you might need webinars. You might need on demand webinars where you're kind of just doing, you know, providing sort of recordings where people can educate themselves in their own time. You might have, for different markets, you might have white papers. For other markets, it might just be like an email drip campaign. So that's all in that education stage that you can look at improving. And again, your numbers will tell you if this is the stage you need to spend the most time on. Um, next, you have your kind of decision or your buying stage. You know, are you getting lots of meetings, but only one out of 20 are buying from you? you know, that's maybe a problem area that you might need to solve. Like either mm -hmm. you haven't done a, a good enough job in the education area because they're kind of there, uneducated, and actually then not very qualified to be a great buyer of your service. Or maybe your, your sales process needs some work. Um, you might need to think about the resources that you offer, the sequence that you show your kind of offer. Maybe you need to build more rapport before you even start talking about your product and you're kind of immediately doing a hard sell and people are getting nervous and leaving. There's lots mm. of areas there that people might have an issue. But your numbers are going to be the clue of whether this is the area to work on. Um, Herbert, do you have any other kind of ideas or stages that you think you know, we're going to go through? Yes, once you convert or uh, register, enroll a customer, then of course you need to provide them with a delightful experience, an amazing experience, so that they become advocates and ambassadors um, and, and tell other people about it and become testimonials and referrals. So um, those are probably the, the two last stages, um, just to touch on that uh, very quickly. Amazing. And then there's not a short number of things you can do at each of these <laughs> stages. So your awareness, education, decisional buying stage, and your delights, sort of how do we turn these people into advocates or at least purchases you know, and repurchases. So I'm just going to list out some ideas and we can maybe pick off a few as examples. But in the awareness stage, you know, you could be creating great viral content that people really love and share with other people that um, also care and, sh and share the same kind of pain points or are interested in the same problem areas. Social media is an area that you could get involved. But again, this is an area that I think people put possibly a little bit too much weight on uh, without having also some other channels on top. You might think then about advertising, of course, is at the top of that. You know, that's a way that you can uh, get more eyeballs onto your products and services. You might want to use webinars as maybe your lead magnets. But actually, that could also maybe fit into the education area. Uh, blogging, again, that sort of feeds back into content and content marketing. So blogging, vlogging, <laughs> you know, with videos, uh, podcasts, all of these are... This is, this is all about content that can then get in front of people that you don't know and then mm. help them kind of know that at least you exist. And so the yeah. next part of educating them is a lot easier. Uh, SEO, so search engine optimization, making sure that you're at the top of Google um, is, of course, one way that you can get more traffic. Like if more people <laughs> are finding you by searching for you know, uh, pronunciation classes for Spanish speakers, 
then you're going to be uh, you're, you're going to get more traffic organically with almost no no effort but you, there's going to be some work to actually get to the top of those keywords and that'll probably again be your website your blog those are going to be key ways that google knows that you're a great resource for people with that particular problem um, and partnerships is another way like can you get people that are talking to the same audience to also refer your business you might be part of you know, if they're looking for advertising, they might also, you know, in our case, Herbert, we're probably a great example. Exactly. Yes. You know, so, so I think it's an are... underestimated channel, uh, Alex, partnerships. They're, they're so valuable. You can really, um, yeah, build, build businesses of part partnerships. <laughs> One thing I think I've learned from partnerships, particularly with you, Herbert, is often it's better to have a few great partners that you do a lot of work with rather exactly. than you know, hundreds of other kind of partners that, that, that you kind of say that they're partners, but you've really only mm. said, hey, here's my business card. I hope that you send me business. You want people that you really are strategically aligned with. And in our case, Herbert, you know, you know, my, my business is, is, is a, a virtual classroom and online school software. So the customers are going to be tutoring business and language business. And, and Herbert, you know, maybe you explain again your business and you, it's going to be quite <laughs> easy for people to see how that aligns. Well, exactly. I mean, we are a digital advertising agency that help language schools and education brands sell and promote uh, their courses. So they they really do go hand in hand. We're, we're, we're not competitors. We uh, complement each other. Um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, partnerships, <laughs> a great channel. And so I hope that people here, you know, what what would be a part? What are people buying hand in hand with your service? Mm. And that way you might be able to find a partner just like I have that has that sort of complementary skill set. So now that we've talked about awareness though, Herbert, tell us about, maybe give us some ideas on like how can we educate our customers better? How can we improve that metric? Exactly. I mean, you've already uh, mentioned some uh, great things like educational webinars, um, informing your your users about their problems and, and maybe some tips and strategies on how to solve them. And of course, there is always the faster way to solve them, which is through your solution or your product or your offer. Um, free or premium content. I, I know a lot of independent tutors and teachers uh, doing great things with uh, like a, a mini course, a five-day improve your speaking confidence um, video course, things like that can really be uh, valuable to provide amazing content to people uh, that wow them. And then they think, oh, if their free content is this good, imagine how good their paid content is, their um, paid offer. Uh, free trials always always uh, can work um, in certain situations, free trials and free, free demos, uh, your website, of course, and specific landing pages. And then if we move from, we've gone awareness, education, let's give you some ideas on where you could start if you're noticing that you're not converting as many of these leads mm -hmm. into customers. You know, looking at your nurturing emails, so making sure that you're not losing touch with people when they're kind of in that early stage of getting to know you. They're not getting distracted, so you're always front of mind. You could be looking at um, you know, your actual sales materials that you use when you're talking with people. Maybe you're only relying on just being there and, and having a chat. Maybe people need to see it or feel it 
or get some experience with your service uh, before they buy. The next thing is you might need some more social proof. Maybe people just mm. don't believe you're going to be around in another three weeks or they feel that you're you know, a little bit shifty. It doesn't look very professional. It's not what they're really looking for. They're looking for maybe something a little bit higher end. Maybe the technology that you're using doesn't suit them. There could be a bunch of areas that you might need to look at. And I think you'll probably know what they are, but mm. maybe again, haven't had enough time to really think, hey, is this, is this a priority for my marketing strategy? And then we've got our last area, which is on the delight factor. And I have to say, I think people tend to do, well, people that stay in business tend to have a fairly good sort of service or product. Um, so it's usually not the area that they need to immediately solve. Mm. But they may have no process in terms of getting people to purchase again and again or purchase a bigger sort of uh, product or service. So I think that might be the area where I would say a lot of you know, language and cheering business that we've seen don't necessarily do a great job. They do a great job at getting somebody to buy five live online classes, but they don't do a great job at upselling that person now that they've done the first five to the 30 classes or the 60 classes or this particular program or this particular summer course or whatever it might be that's a kind of a, a bigger investment. And actually, they might have already earned the permission and earned the trust of that customer trust. to purchase that. And it really is probably really the if you if your goal is to increase revenue, then this is like the first place to look with your uh, existing customers. They already know you. They already use your services. They hopefully uh, love what they're getting. Why not sell them um, something else that they might need? So, so I think this is the area as well. We want to kind of ask the question for you, you know, what are your priorities? You, you've listened to us talk about, you know, these different stages or diff the different numbers that are kind of reflected in these stages. So with awareness being one of those, you know, talking about, you know, are you getting the right number of visitors? You know, is that the area that you work on? We talked about education and the engagement phase. You know, are you getting enough people having meetings with you or at least engaging with your webinars or, having a small part or a little taste of what you offer. Are you getting enough people that are actually purchasing? Um, and then are you getting people really buying again and again and telling other people about your amazing service? So these are all, I think, what I hope is at the end of this, you've kind of got a couple of ideas jotted down in, in your head or on, on a piece of paper now and are ready to take those uh, with you into this year's marketing strategic or well, strategic marketing planning. So in summary, Herbert, take us through what we've gone through today. Absolutely. So we talked about your ideal customer. Uh, have you defined your niche? I again, we, we talk about this so often, uh, and it is such an important topic. So are you clear on who your ideal customer is? And then what are your marketing goals? Um, we talked about having an end goal. Um, defining that end goal and working backwards. And so maybe that is X number of customers or uh, X uh, amount of monthly revenue. Are you clear on your metrics to achieve those goals? So looking at your numbers and digging out those numbers, customer lifetime value, your conversion rate, um, your number of visitors who are visiting your website and which do you need to focus on in order to improve those metrics. So having some priorities in order to uh, improve the overall uh, 
marketing strategy. So thanks for listening in. One thing before you go, I wanted to tell you about the Get More Students community. So the Get More Students community is a positive, proactive, and practical place for you to learn more about particularly marketing for language and tutoring businesses. We're only focused on the marketing side of things, so it'll hopefully complement you with your other professional development. But I think you'll find it really helpful that the people inside are brilliant. We've got a great uh, host that's going to be looking after you inside the platform. Uh, and you can find it at www.getmorestudents.org. Sign up for free. And I hope that you uh, use this as a, as a chance to really catapult your business and see you on the flip side of that. Herbert, where can people find more about you too? Of course, on herbertgerzer.com. So thanks very much for listening in. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and we'll see you next time. Bye now. See you in the next one. Bye.